Hey folks, Matthew Bivens here, and because you're listening to this show, I know that you want to have the most extraordinary life possible. I'm talking about a life with purpose, where you do meaningful work, have fulfilling relationships, and feel healthy and thriving. But many times, having all of that doesn't seem possible. You have the happy career, but you are lacking in health. You have meaningful relationships, but you feel lost and without purpose. Well, now there's a way for you to see exactly how you stack up in the most important areas of your life so that you can accelerate your self-growth and truly live the life of your dreams. Using my free tool, The Abundance Benchmark, you will gain deep and valuable insight into six essential areas of life. It's absolutely free, and you can get yours right now at www.matthewbivens.com. I know this stuff is super important to you, so don't put off your personal development any longer. Grab the free Abundance Benchmark and get to having it all. Welcome to Having It All. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I bring you conversations and insights that explore the question, what does having it all mean to you? My goal is to leave you with stories you can relate to and messages you can take action on so that you can create an abundant, loving life. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today. Now, let's jump right into this episode. My guest today is Aaron Anastasi. Now, Aaron has quite the resume of accomplishments and experiences in his life. He's an artist and singer with an insanely popular YouTube channel that has over 11.5 million views and 130,000 subscribers. He's also a serial entrepreneur with a number of internationally recognized businesses, including the Superior Singing Method. He's a success coach and author, recently publishing his new book, The Voice of Your Dreams, which we'll get to a little bit later on in the conversation. And he has a master's from Princeton Theological Seminary, and he's known to shred down mountains in Colorado and scale glaciers in Bolivia. Dude, it seems like you have done it all. But above all that, Aaron is a guy who uses his gifts and talents to create value and give back to others. And I'm very excited to go in with Aaron on today's show. So Aaron, how are you being today? Matthew, first of all, thanks for asking how I'm how I'm being and not how I'm doing. That's a that's brilliant. Um, I am I am I'm being great. I'm doing great and I'm being great. I'm I'm really excited about our conversation and I expect great things and hope to provide value for all the listeners and and for both of us. Shoot. Yeah, man, absolutely. I think that you and I will get a lot out of the conversation. And then um, for you listening out there, you know, I, I know that you're going to have some powerful takeaways. And um, yeah, the being versus doing thing, it's actually something I started asking my guests when I first started this show because, you know, we're, we're all so caught up in doing that we forget the beingness and all of it. And so when I was doing my research on you and just getting to know you a little bit more, I watched that video that you have on, on your book site and you talk about be versus do. And so uh, I'm excited to get into that with you. Yeah, man. I think I think everything comes from that point and flows out of it. So I look forward to <laughs> talking however you want to talk about it for sure. Cool. Uh, well, where I want to kick things off is, you know, I mentioned a lot of things in the intro and uh, I definitely want to get into your life story a little bit and just how it's gone in so many different directions. Um, but first, I want to get to know you more right now. So can you tell me and the listeners a little bit more about you and some of the roles that you currently play? 
some of the roles I currently play. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you mentioned uh, Superior Singing Method. That's an online singing lesson program. Love doing that. And the YouTube channel is a is a big part of that. And uh, of course, you mentioned the book and that's going on. What other, other than that, right now, I am <laughs> I've been kind of shifting toward more acting and filmmaking over the past, really the past like three to five years. But, you know, did this book in the meantime and still do, do the singing site, but just love coaching people, love, love doing all that stuff. But acting is this kind of secret passion that I've had for since I was a kid that I that I denied for a long time because I was too scared. I had all my own limiting voices and negative self-talk about how I'm too old to pursue that and it'll never work out and it's too hard to, you know, I had all those negative voices that that kept me believing those and, and living in that life for a long time. So just over the past three to five years, I've been spending, I mean, literally, probably now I probably spend 30 hours a week in class or rehearsal or auditions or on set. So that's a big part of now. And I've, I've got a wife who live in LA. My wife is the absolute love and just the pinnacle of my life. So that's a little bit about what's going on. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, I love the fact that um, it sounds like you're really just going after what moves you, you know, what you're passionate about. And, uh, you know, like like the title of the book, The Voice of Your Dreams, just going after that dream of yours. And creativity sounds like a big thing for you. Creativity is is massive for me. I I remember my and this is kind of goes to both things you're just saying. But I remember my mom growing up. She always said, "Hey, per, pursue pursue your passion, pursue your dreams, pursue you know what whatever creative endeavors you want to do." And I know that's a little bit kind of cliche nowadays. We hear that, but back then, like I, it's what I grew up with, and it's what I what I believed, and then what I've always done, and and what I continue to do. And sometimes it's very heartbreaking, and other times it's exhilarating. But the whole time it brings me to life. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, you know, you, you mentioned it's a little cliche and, and I guess, yeah, because we do hear it all the time. But I mean, what else? What else is there really? You know, I mean, you can you can go and just do the things and slug along or you can really be bold and go for it. And it sounds like you've done that. Yeah, man. I in, in a lot of ways I have, and in a lot of ways I've I've shrunk back. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm 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 committed in my life at this point to to continue continue to pursue my dream, whatever that passion is, and and push through that fear. I just think that the things that keep us from that are our various fears and our limiting voices. And that, that when I, I notice when I push into my fears, whatever I fear most, if I push into that, I find it's usually the biggest breakthrough for me. And then not just me, but my family and those around me as I'm, as I'm doing what inspires me, even though I'm afraid, it encourages and inspires people hopefully to do what inspires them, even though they're afraid and ultimately, you know, reach their dreams and, and do what inspires them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you said that. And I'm a big believer of the fact that, you know, you and I can have this conversation and, you know, we can get into the breakdowns and the breakthroughs that we've had. And it can be between us. But the third party, the person out there listening can also have a breakthrough thanks to what you and I share. And I think that's awesome you said that. And, and it's a, just a powerful reality of watching somebody be bold in life. You know, you can experience that boldness and you can experience the the breakthroughs with them. Yeah, I, I noticed for me, like even just recently, like I've I've spent a lot of time on on my why over the years I have. But even more recently, like, why do I do the things that I do? Like, 
why do I like right now, the big, you know, all the other stuff that I do with the book and the coaching and the, and the singing site, all that is, I love that. It's super fun and I'm still passionate about it. And there's still some fear surrounding that, but my biggest fear is this acting thing. So, and I keep falling on my face over and over and over again and being humbled over and over again. And I'm like, why do I do this? And when I, when I, when I kind of shuck it down to the cob, a phrase I learned when I was living in Atlanta, um, when I shuck <laughs> it down to the cob, I, you know, bring it down to like what, what it really is. I've got about probably 10 things that really motivate me a part of my why, but one of the ones at the top is this thing that we're talking about. I, I love the idea of inspiring people. And if I'm not continuing to fail and if I'm not continuing to pursue the things that I'm most afraid to pursue and want to that are part of that deepest desire inside my heart, I, I feel like I'm no longer, I can no longer do what I do. I can no longer coach. I can no, of course I could, but I can no longer write the books. I'm not in that place of continuing to push forward to that next thing. And it's harder. I, I, I believe that it would be harder for me to inspire people and inspiring people is so important to me that it's one of the things that really drives me in those dark moments that I want to quit. So it sounds like what I heard was that if you aren't being your true authentic self, if you aren't really going for it, how can you then coach other people on how to do that? I think that because I, you know, I've had, I've had enough success. I make plenty of money. I, it's not, it's not about that for me anymore. It's about doing the thing that scares me and what I'm most passionate about. So I wake up every day and I have this thing in the pit of my stomach of like a little bit of excited anxiety of like, Oh, how's it going to go today? It's that, that being alive continually is what is what continues to drive me. And, and the motivating others is a big part of that as well. Wow, that's powerful. And that's real. I mean, even if, even if you aren't a coach, right. For, you know, for you listening, even if you're not a coach, like there are people who are watching you. There are people who are taking cues from you. And there are people who are being inspired by you. And they can be ins- inspired to play for their greatness or they can be inspired to play smaller just based off of who you're being. So, Aaron, I think it's awesome oh. that you recognize that in yourself. Oh, thanks, man. And I and I would even say that we're all coaches. We're all coaching somebody. We're all leading somebody, yeah. whether we realize it or not. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's uh, jog back to fear a little bit. You mentioned uh, one of the fears you're working on right now has to do with the acting. Tell me about that. Yeah, man. I uh, I'm I'm taking this class right now. So I've been studying acting like I did a lot when I was a kid and did a lot of uh, you know theater and and musical type theater uh, as a kid, and then it kind of shifted to music for many, many, many years. And I put out a ton of records and did all the touring thing and all that stuff. And it was just music. Uh, but then in the past five years, as I'd mentioned, started studying again. So I've, you know, a certain level and I've gotten a certain amount of accolades from, you know, famous teachers and coaches and actors and stuff along the way to where I, I feel like my work is getting better and my work is pretty decent, but I'm in this class right now where it's, it's one more level, one more level of, of this technique that I'm learning that it's just, I'm not getting it. I'm in class and the people in my class are getting it and I'm not getting it. And I cognitively understand it, but I'm having such a difficult time getting it in my body and, and, and getting it to come out. Now, part of me is confident that I'm, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get it. It's just going to take some time and that's okay. But the, but there's also a part of me that fights it's these limiting voices telling me you're not made for this. You, there's something inherently wrong with you that you'll never get this. You don't have what it takes. Just give up. Why are you wasting your time? It's all those voices that, mm. that, 
those are the, where the fear comes from. I, and I battle that. So uh, that's why a lot of this like mindset work and this mindfulness and the book that I wrote and the coaching that I do all this stuff in a, in a big way is because it's something, it's stuff that I've struggled with so much in my life that you, you, you end up teaching the things that you need and want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Cause those are the things I guess you end up putting the reps in to, to address. Exactly. And, and yeah, so if it comes ne- to me, I, I could teach best the things that I struggled with the most, which is why the singing, the teaching, the singing thing mm-hmm. is fun for me because I was such a terrible singer and I built a singing voice. And so I'm like, Hey, everybody who can't sing, I promise you I was worse. And here's how you do it. Like I learned the steps. If I was just born and I don't think anybody's born a great singer, but if I was born with, say, more talent or if, if it just came easier for me, I wouldn't really know how to teach people because I didn't go through the steps. Hmm. I love how you said that. That's very cool. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at so let me ask you uh, on the fear topic, when those fears, like when you have those, those limiting beliefs, those thoughts, that self-talk in your head, like how does that fear actually manifest, manifest itself in, within you? Yeah. So I, I was just journaling about this like two days ago. So <laughs> it, it, it manifests itself in, gosh, I mean, even that day in class, this is just a few days ago. So uh, that day in class, I, I realized that when the fear rises up and I start believing these limiting voices, what I go to, and I'm committed to shifting this, but what, what I go to even now is a lot of shame, a lot of, a lot of, uh, self flag, what's the word flagellation? There's like one that means flagellation. Yeah. Um, I, I go, I go into that mode. And when I, when I get into like beating myself up and that's like, you don't have what it takes and there's something wrong with you, like that kind of stuff. Then I, I look for some type of reprieve. I, I look for some vehicle to help soothe me in that moment. And so there, I have a lot of different options that I could choose. It could be like, it could be eat food or it could be watch television or it could be, you know, uh, ice cream or, you know, all these different things that I want to self soothe to get rid of that. Or I can go to inquiry, which I'm more committed to these days, go to inquiry and really take a look at those thoughts. So this one, and particularly as that started manifesting, I started feeling really terrible about myself and, and just wanting to quit acting and quit, you know, get out of this tension of like where I am now and where I want to be. Because when we're pursuing a dream, we'll always live in the middle of that tension between current reality and where our vision is. And a lot of times I just want to pull out of that. But so what I, what I did this time is, is, is that journaling and 
that that really hardcore inquiry of finding out what's really true and what are the thoughts that are holding, what are the thoughts that are just occurring to me as reality that I think are true but are actually just thoughts and lies that I'm believing and really exposing them for what they are. And here's one of the la- the key things. I know I'm being a little verbose here, but the the last the thing that I find the most powerful about inquiry is when I can find out how I'm being complicit in keeping this limiting voice alive. Like why, if, if I have 50,000 thoughts that go through my mind in one day, why would I keep holding on to this thought? And there's some reason that I'm doing it on purpose that makes me feel good. So, you know, I find, Oh, if I don't, if I don't believe I can do it, then I get to quit. I don't get, I get to not, you know, have this feeling of, of, of looking like a failure. I get to, I get to not do the hard work. I get to not look like, you know, there's all these things I'm getting out of it. So, I have to get really clear about, oh, I'm doing this on purpose, but what would I be giving up if I continue to live in that and, and balance that inquiry out? Hmm. You know, it's, it's powerful you say it like that because, you know, you're a big guy on being, right? Like on who you are being, and you just mentioned living in it. So it, may, it makes me think, like, what part of you, like, maybe why are you holding on to those thoughts of not being worthy enough uh, for, you know, your dreams to manifest the way that you want them. And it's relatable to all of us, I think, like holding on to those beliefs that I call them codes, you know, those codes that we might take on from other people. It might be somebody else's code. It might be something somebody taught us and we hold on to it. And then, you know, we be that and just really examining that whole, that whole reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I find that for me, it's the shoulds that, that, that really, really affect me. If I, if I think I should be getting this, this acting, this particular acting technique down more quickly because I have had some successes in my life and I've, and I've done some, some things that I'm proud of, I should be getting this quicker because of this. Therefore I'm stupid or therefore, you know, the, the, the shoulds are what really, um, what, it's where my inquiry usually starts. Oh really? Should I, is that true that I should? And then really going down that path of inquiry. Mm. Yeah. Don't shit on me. Right. <laughs> Don't shit all over yourself. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, the breakdown moment that that you've had that you've um, you've shared a little bit and you mentioned it briefly and then um, I know I, I you shared on your website but um, it was that moment where a lot of the feelings that you might be having around your your acting currently um, you had you know you mentioned feeling stuck and depressed and frustrated and angry um, so can you tell me and talk to us about that breakdown moment. Yeah, that was that was maybe gosh, I don't know how many years ago, seven ish, eight years ago or something like that. And I, I actually hadn't had any the big thing for me is I hadn't had really any financial success. I was always, you know, I feel like I was always taken care of and I was I had the money that I needed and had a lot of great opportunities, but was uh was born poor and had this born poor, you know, I was bo- I was raised in a in a very, very low, low income family and and was instilled with a little bit of that poverty mindset of this is all this is all that's possible for me. So fast forward to that moment, you know, a little under a decade ago, and I hadn't created any financial wealth. I'd had some experiences, but, and then also it it just started getting the 
idea of like, I think I want to pursue acting. And, and I was just, I was frustrated and feeling stuck and depressed and was with my coach in that moment. And this is where kind of the being doing thing started for me. And that's why I preach it so much now, because it is such a radical transformation um, when I do apply this. So I was telling my coach, Hey, I'm not getting, getting, getting the results at all that I want. I can't just frust. I can't seem to like move forward in these areas of dreams and finances. And so that's when he asked me, who do you have to be in order to get the results that you want? And so that, that's, that was a big change for me. I mean, it was not just the question cause it's a simple question, but that led to reading hundreds of books and being coached and, and starting, starting this own transformation and the being for me, the being versus doing being for me is the idea of what I believe about myself and what I believe about the world around me. So it is this idea of inquiry and starting to see what is really real, because I believe that, that when we know the truth and we believe the truth, then we have the most amount of freedom. And I was not free because there were a ton of lies that I was believing. So I started systematically uh, unearthing the the lies I was believing and and shining truth on them. And I and all this opportunity started opening up for me. That's when I, you know, started making six figures within a year and creating a seven figure business. And it was married you know, married from this stagnant relationship and was really started pursuing acting and filmmaking and had some successes down that road as well. All as a result of this kind of shift in my way of being and understanding that. Oof, that's real. It that, was man. man. It. It was, it was, it was such a radical change, which is, which is what led me to start coaching. And I started seeing radical changes in them, which led to like, I've got to write a book because these things really work and they really changed me. And I want this legacy and I want not just the people I coach, but I want the whole world to understand these concepts because this is, it's real. It's not like a, it's not a pitch like this stuff works and it can radically change your life. And you really could live an inspiring and inspired life. And you really could do what you love and inspire others in the meantime. So, um, just really passionate about that. Mm. And, and share one more time what the question was that, that sparked everything for you. Yeah. He said, who would you have to be in order to get the results that you want? And I, I even said, you mean, what would I have to do? Right. Because for me, it was, it was all about working hard and working hard because at that point I was pretty tenacious as far as hard work, but I found that just hard work has a ceiling and, and it's actually a pretty low ceiling until you shift your, your, your beliefs, until you shift your, your way of being and what you, what you uh, believe is possible for you, there is this glass ceiling. But once I started shifting those, the glass ceiling just burst wide open and, and a lot of opportunity and possibility opened up in my mind and then opened up in reality in my world. Mm, that's powerful. And so that's one of the concepts you talk about in your book, correct? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole, my book is broken into like five sections and one of the sections, you know, it's like 27 chapters or something, but the, one of the whole sections of the book is, you know, five or six chapters on this concept of being versus doing. And of course, goes into a lot more detail and a lot more practical, like exercises and principle type stuff. Very cool. Well, um, like I said, we'll, we'll have an opportunity for you to let the listeners know like where they can grab the book um, at the end of the conversation. But I do want to switch gears here for a second, and it actually relates to something that um, you had said. Um, you know, this show, Having It All, you know, all stands for Abundant Loving Life. And this show is really all about just turning over the stones and looking at every area of your life and getting into what it really means to be abundant and loving. And so I want to start with abundance because you did not have an abundance mentality growing up. You know, you said you were raised in a low, you know, a low SES home uh, excuse me, income home, and you were hitting your head against that, 
ceiling. So I want you to share with me and the listeners, what does abundance mean to you now? Yeah, abundance to me is, <laughs> it's it's closer to reality. We We live in an abundant world. There's no lack of money. There's no lack of food. There's no lack of love. There's no lack of any of that stuff in the world. It's just a matter of opening up our eyes to to seeing it and accepting it. So to me, abundance is it's it's the truth of what is there. And once we begin to understand that and believe that, we begin to look for it and find it. Because what we focus on grows. We all know that. So if I'm focusing on lack and this and this isn't enough and this is hard and that, I my eyes will begin to see only that and will create only that. And that's the world that I will live in. But if I understand what's more true and what is absolutely more true, that there's enough for everybody and more and overflowing of that, then I start seeing evidence of that. And then I begin to believe it more and I begin to create it more. And, and part of it, you know, the huge part of abundance for me is it, and this is, again, it sounds so cliche, but it just is true is that as I'm generous with love, as I'm generous with finances, as I'm generous with time, as I'm generous with, you know, relationally, that's when it generates more. My generosity actually generates more love and generates more, more freedom for me, which to me, having it all just that what is like having it all mean and this abundance and love all that stuff to me it comes down to freedom like what i want time freedom financial freedom relational freedom creative freedom i want space in my life to be able to love to be creative to do the things i love to do like that's what having it all is freedom in all these areas which um i find usually comes from discipline in all these areas Mm, absolutely absolutely and and can you remember what your like the specific self-talk you had before you were, you shifted over to that abundance mentality. Like, do you remember some of the specific things you kept telling yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you will never have sustained success. I mean, it was just, it was, it really was that simple. And that's one that, and for me, the limiting voices are, you know, in my book, I call them rackets and we may have heard that phrase before, but the, they don't, necessarily ever go away completely the ones that you the ones that we struggle with now we get freedom over and we continue to get more and more levels of freedom and then in times of stress they kind of rear their ugly head again but when when we do the inquiry we can actually look at those things with a little more authenticity make more authentic decision with more of the information they don't just occur to us as like oh this is true it's like no 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 I, I'm, I, I know what this is trying to do. This is trying to get and push me towards safety and toward, um, toward feeling good about myself and toward comfort and all that stuff, but that's fighting against my vision. So I'm going to make a different decision than this feels like would be the right one. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's a powerful thing to realize that the voices never completely go away because, you know, in my own personal development journey, I wanted those voices to completely go away. So each time the voice would come back, even if it was smaller than, than before or wasn't as loud as before, I would feel like, well, I'm just not getting this stuff, you know? And so it, it, it's, it's, I'm happy you said that because they don't go away, but your relationship towards them can absolutely change. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me goes back to when I, if I can ask myself, what, what is the payoff for me doing this? Like, what am I getting out of believing in this? And then asking myself, what is it costing me to believe this? And then that, that I'm living in a bigger world, bigger world. So it's like, oh, this isn't just true. Here's the battle that's going on. Now I can make an authentic decision with more of the information. So that's the power to me of inquiry. 
sometimes the mind just lets go of it. There are times, you know, where we, we get, we do the inquiry and then the mind lets go of it for a while. But like you said, sometimes it could surface back around and we need to deal with it again. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And like you just said, there are consequences to holding on to certain beliefs, right? I mean, you know, they're not, they're not right or wrong or anything. It's just a result. So you hold on to a certain belief and a certain result is more likely. So you, you want a different result, shift the belief. That's exactly right. To me, it, to me, it always comes, it always comes down to the, to the results. What result is this going to lead to? Like, there's no, there's no bad or good. There's no, there's no bad broken, none of that kind of stuff. It's just what result is this going to lead to? Oh, it's not leading to the result I want. No problem. Let's shift the belief. Let's shift the system. Let's shift the way of being and, and move from there to, to get a different result. Mm. So you just shared your thoughts on abundance and now I want to shift into love. So what does love mean to you? Yeah, love to me comes down to, I actually got my concept of love and, and never really shifted it that much from uh, from a M, M. Scott Peck, his book, The Road Less Traveled. I think it was written in like 1973 or something. But he, he makes a distinction between love. The first one he talks about is just like the Eros kind of love that's, you know, more of like the, the lust kind of love where we, we, we're like this infatuation. And then he says, we don't actually begin loving people until we, uh, until we fall out of love with them and begin to truly love them, which is, which is service. And then what he says, and again, I I believe this is that to love somebody or, or some love somebody especially is to, is to do whatever you could do to help them grow um, spiritually, whatever that means to you. So spiritually is you, at the core of who they are, what's going to serve them the most. And sometimes the best way to serve somebody spiritually is to give them a sandwich. And sometimes the best way to serve somebody spiritually is to, is to not give them what they want, but give them what they need, you know, could be just all down that path. So to me, how could I take somebody's whole being and make them more and make them better and make them, uh, help them to live a fuller and a freer life. And that same love for myself and that same love for an animal or for, you know, so that's what love is to me. That was powerful. I like how you mentioned that having that same love for yourself. And, and, you know, if you can, if you can practice that with yourself, then you can surely practice it with other people is my belief. No, I totally agree. And, and if, if I had, you know, the, the thing that I've historically struggled with the most is that thing, which is why, uh, which is why I'm so aware of it in myself and in other people and, and want to, want to love others so much, but don't forget, Hey, love yourself, love yourself. I, I started doing this really silly thing, uh, where I, it's, it's even embarrassing kind of to say, but I'll, I'll look in the mirror and I'll, I'll spend two minutes complimenting me on the things that I'm proud of that I've done, even small things, and just literally look myself in the eye and say these things for two minutes. And, and it really does something to me because I would, I would treat other people like this all the time. So yeah. why would I not treat myself this way and just give myself some slacks like, dude, chill out. Yeah. You, do, you don't have to be so perfect. All these things you've done are really good and they've really served humanity. And that's what, really what you care about. And so, yeah. No, that's an awesome practice. Um, I, I, I do the same thing. I have, um, I use this tool, it's called the balance chart and it just, it's just different habits, uh, powerful, healthy habits that I do, you know, every day throughout the week and I give myself points for them. It kind of gamifies the personal development thing. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So some of my habits are self affirmations in the mirror. So I do the same thing. Yeah. I do it five times oh, cool. a week. Yeah. And, uh, and, and 
I, I, I guarantee that someone out there listening right now, the thought of standing in the mirror, looking at themselves in the eye and speaking kindly about themselves just almost makes them want to vomit. And I've been there like it's it's freaking uncomfortable at first, but um, you get used to it. And then and then you start to really appreciate you and like recognize how badass you are. And uh, just it, it's a really interesting practice and, and a great way to practice self-love. Yeah. That, that just that brings up something for me is that this it understanding how badass you are. People are like, oh, no, that's not humility. But to me, humility is understanding what is true about who you are and your position in the world. And part of that, part of the truth about you and part of the truth about me and even and part of the truth about the listener is that we are badasses. And when we deny that, we're actually doing ourselves and the world a disservice, because if we don't believe in our own bigness, that there's so much more in us than we realize, then we will function less and we will end up serving the world more. We end up serving the world less, and that's not helping anybody. It's not helping us. It's not helping the world. So to me, it's my duty and my privilege to be as powerful and as much of a badass as possible so that I could affect my purpose on this world to serve this world, to inspire this world, to do what inspires them so they could reach their dreams. Like I can only do that if I believe that that I have the power to do that. Otherwise, I'm going to shrink back and nobody wins if I do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the the quotable segment of this conversation so far, what you just said. That was awesome. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So getting back into love, um, if, you know, starting as far back as you can remember, what was your relationship to love like? Like, what was that relationship like? Were you open to receiving love? Did you freely love on other people? Did you see people as loving or out to hurt you? What was that relationship like? Yeah. That's actually an interesting question. I don't know that I've ever really even thought about that question in that way. How did I relate to love? I, I, growing up, I had a very, uh, like very affectionate family. We're like a big Italian family and, um, very affectionate family. So, so love to me did have a lot to do with like closeness and affection and, and spending quality time, um, quality time together. So that, that kind of became what love is for me. I, as far as if, uh, I felt like people were out to get me or if people, you know, inherently loved me, I, to this day, and I think even back then is, I, I really do believe the best in people and, and I, I, I see in them a greatness and a, and a beauty, which, which is, I think is one of, well, I've been told by my clients is one of my kind of superpowers as a coach is that I really do see greatness in other people. And I, I do, I don't think people are out to hurt me or hurt the world. I think everybody is doing the best they can with the information that they've been given. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's just a matter of, of finding creative ways to motivate them to, you know, to get, to, to be doing, to be thinking the right way of being and doing the right actions that flow out of that to, to do the things that are most productive for them and for the world around them. So that's kind of a roundabout sort of way, but I'm, I'm processing it as I'm saying it. No, no, I, I like how you mentioned people are doing the best they can with what they have. Um, I think that's absolutely true. 
And it's something I have to remind myself of for myself as well as, you know, other people. If I want to get frustrated at some at, at how somebody else is showing up in life, I just have to remind myself like they're doing the absolute best they can with the, the tools and the understanding that they currently have. And it yeah. helps me to just release some of the, the, the judgments or the emotion that I might be feeling. Yeah, yeah. As human beings, we tend to personalize things, but but it's per- personalizing it is actually kind of an arrogant thing to do. Like that person's not thinking about you and thinking about how they want to hurt you and how they can mess up yeah. mess up your day. You know, like that's that's a where I can get pretty easily. But the fact is, they're just doing the best they can with what they with with the information that they have in this moment. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It just has to do with them trying to avoid pain and and seek pleasure, just like every other human being in the world. And then. Just just on the on the idea of like that the judgments that we put on other people for me if i can remember i'm two to three bad decisions away from the worst actions in the world <laughs> that helps me i really do believe that i i could two, two to three really bad decisions that i'm capable of that any human being is capable of i could be in jail i can be homeless i could be in the worst place in the world so to me there's just no place for judgment when i know that i could be any person that i have any judgments about i can be them with just a few bad decisions you know mm, that sounds like a, a way for you to insert some humility around you know the whole badass statement like becoming a badass and then yeah but you're also two 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 actions away from hitting you know your your lowest point so to speak yeah yeah and and my badassness isn't isn't to build my kingdom but it's to build the the kingdom of others and to build their world and to build them up it, my all my badassness is directed towards serving humanity to help them do what inspires them to, in order that they can reach their dreams. That's what my badass is focused. It's not a self-aggrandization type of thing. Mm. That's powerful, man. I like that. So I mean, hopefully, hopefully, right? And when I'm when I'm at the top of my game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what we're. That's, that sounds like what what you're playing for. You know, I mean, that's a it's a huge, amazing thing to play for to really impact humanity on a level like that. So in this show, one of the things that I, I I create this space and I view the show as a way for people to explore different things that like they just don't explore in other areas. So, you know, we've talked about a couple of them already. Um, and one of them is definitely around love and intimacy. And um, it was interesting as I was preparing for this, this episode, this conversation with you, I was going through my Facebook feed, which are pretty ominous first words. And uh, I came across an article <laughs> And it's from a brand called My Tiny Secrets. Have you ever heard of them? I haven't. Um, so it's a, this brand is started by a woman named Adina Rivers, and she's like a love and, and sex guru type of person. Um, and she had an article, and the word caught, you know, there's a word that caught for me, and you'll probably pick it out. Um, it was called Sex Magic, How to Manifest Your Dreams Through Orgasm. And I had been reading, you know, the title of your book, and then I saw the word dreams. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So I clicked through it. And the article was really just about the creative power of sex and orgasm and how many of us overlook or are simply just oblivious to that power. And it made me think of, of you as an artist and you as somebody who is incredibly creative. And so I'm curious, what role, if any, does sex play in your creativity? What role does sex play in my creativity? I... Let me think about that. I, 
I'm going to tell a story that is probably going to seem totally unrelated, but but in my mind it is related. <laughs> I, um, I I've been married for th- just over three years. Just had my three year anniversary to a woman I've been been with for about seven and a half years, and we we both grew up in the church, and we we both were taught and learned and then made a choice that we were not going to have intercourse until we got married. And so, so that's what we did when we got married. We, we decided, you know, we decided not to have sex till we got married. And then of course started having sex when we got married. And, and this, it, it, it made, it made sex a little bit weird at first because there was um, growing up in the church and having that, it made it, it made it feel not that I ever felt shame when I had sex with my wife, but it made it feel like, is this okay? Like, this is such a weird thing. Cause I was older. I was, it was later in life. It's not like I got married when I was 18. I was married later on in life. And I, so, so here's what I know. So it became, it became more and more normal and more and more fun. And we figured it out of course, and all that stuff. And then, uh, I noticed that there was a, there was a point to where sex to me became, uh, and like, I've only been married three years, but sex became like, uh, it felt like a little bit of work. Like, of course I, I like sex just as much as the, the next diet guy, but, but I am not a selfish lover. So for me, it's like, my wife is going to orgasm every single time that we have sex. That's just, that's just the way it is. That's, <laughs> that's how it's going to go down. <laughs> yeah. That's how it's going to go down. And, and sometimes that takes work because, you know, women are more like a slow cooker and men are more like a microwave. But so, so there's a little bit, there's a little bit of time it takes to do that. And so one thing that we added into, into our sex life, that's been, been really, really helpful is we introduced the quickie into our sex life. So, um, so one, one time a week, like we have the sex, like we normally do, but at least one time a week we, we enter in the quickie. So it, it doesn't become like a stressful thing for me. Like, Oh, oh this is going to take a long time, even though sex is awesome. And our sex life has become a lot better because of it, because I've, I reframed the way I look at it. So the creativity piece for me, that was just a story that I thought would be interesting that I've never told anybody before. But as far as creativity for me, I noticed that when my wife and I, if we don't have sex because she travels or, and I travel and we do a lot of, a lot of fun, adventurous things, you know, sometimes separate, sometimes together, a couple of weeks could go by and we don't have sex. I find that my creativity is stifled and I feel more stressed out. And I don't really, I don't really know why until we come together and, mm. and have sex and that, and it like, it just releases something inside of me creatively. It like lets me relax a little bit and, and have that freedom and that space to be more creative. So sex and orgasm to me is amazing and I love it. Also, it's a discipline. It's something that we, I, I want in my schedule on a regular basis so I can have continued intimacy with my wife and I can open up space for the, for the greatest amount of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for my wife and I, we've been uh, married almost two years now. Um, the idea of, of sex and orgasm as a way to create is, is new. And it's something that I don't remember where we first got the idea, a book or, or um, a mentor or something like that. But um, the idea that, you know, orgasm can be can can be used for creative purposes, for manifesting. Um, it, it's that's where the, the, the root of this question came from to you is like, what is what are your like, what have you experienced around creativity? And for us, it's something that we are definitely exploring and looking into and and just seeing how sex can be more than simply the physical act between two people and what else can come out of that because one of the beliefs that i that, that i um that i believe is that there is just so much amazing transformational powerful energy that happens when you come together in that act 
And so I'm, I'm very interested in how to truly tap into that energy and not just let it be me having an orgasm and then feeling great and then going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a really interesting topic. I, I honestly just haven't explored it that much. I haven't thought through it a lot, but I, I love the idea of it. Well, you as a, as a creative guy like that, you know, I, I've heard of sex and, and creativity. And so it was something I was, I was very curious. And um, for me, to be honest with you, like this is uh, me being able to ask that question to you is, is me being bold and challenging some of, of uh, the fears that the things that come up to me, I'm like, maybe this dude's going to not want to talk about it. Maybe he'll, uh, <laughs> maybe he'll hang up the phone. Who knows? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's actually one of the things my wife and I had, had put out there in one of our, um, one of our lovemaking experiences, like being bold and, and creating that in our lives and, and really just going for it. So, um, it's cool that you were open to receiving that question and, and you answered honestly. Yeah, I feel like sex is in in our culture it is a taboo topic, and I think that that's not um, I think that's not healthy. And and the more that we can talk about it and talk about our experience, uh, I think it, it it will help help free people up. Yeah, and it, and it sounds like with you, you also were looking into those limiting beliefs or those beliefs that you had around sex and it needing to be you know all about you making sure that she gets hers and then, you know, you come second and it was cool that you inserted something, um, you know, the actual, the quickie act. Um, and it sounds like worked on some of those beliefs as well so that maybe healed those beliefs and grew in your understanding of what sex is and what it can mean for the two of you. Um, because you are a guy who is really big on examining those limiting beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a microcosm of, of a wider belief of it. It's back to kind of the shame thing of like, I don't, I don't deserve, I don't deserve this. Other people deserve more than I deserve. And, and really examining that belief. Yes. I want to be a service to others. And yes, I want to, um, radically and powerfully change people's lives, but also I matter. And also my needs matter. And also, also this matters. And, and the more like going back to full circle here, the more I could continue to love myself, the more capacity I'll have. If love is generative, when we give it, it becomes more. The more I give to myself, the more I'll be able to generate for other people. Mm. I love that belief. You know, if you give, you receive. You know, the more you give, the more you receive. And uh, there's somebody out there who's heard it for the first time right now coming from you. And it'll be interesting to see how they apply that to their lives and what, um, what they see, you know, manifest as a result. Yeah, yeah. Do do it intentionally for a week and keep a journal and see what happens. And I promise you, you'll be surprised by the results. Yeah, well, that'd be awesome. And you know what? If if you're listening, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. I'm going to give you my email address. Do that. Do what Aaron just said. You know, keep a journal for a week and be very intentional about giving. It can be whatever. Maybe it's giving money or giving time or giving love, giving hugs. Be very intentional about giving and then be, you know, be aware of what, what comes back to you, you know, like, you know, observe what comes back and email me. Let me know what happened. Um, you can shoot me an email. I'll give you my Gmail address. It's mattcbivens at gmail.com. M-A-T-T-C is in cat, Bivens, B-I-V-E-N-S at gmail.com. And I'll put that in the show notes as well, because I'm super curious. People think, you know, if you wear on that belief, what happens when you practice it intentionally? Cool. So 
Um, Aaron, you you touched on this a little bit earlier. I want to ask you this question again. What does having it all mean to you? Yeah, it it comes down to space, space and freedom in, in every area of my life. I mean, uh, we can't get that without abundance. We can't get that without love. It, as you as you talk about and you're big on, I'm I'm 100% for that. So to me, it's if I if I'm stressed out and time and everything's jam packed together and I don't have time for meditation, I don't have time to breathe, I don't have time to smell the flowers, so to speak. Um, then then I'm I'm in time poverty and, and same thing with finances and relationship and creativity. If I don't have space and carve out space, that space doesn't come. It doesn't just show up. It's 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 intentionally created and it's created through carving it out. It's created by saying no to, to things that are good, that aren't great. It, it comes from, from a certain amount of discipline of not living a life of, of reacting and people pleasing, but a life of, of boldness and a life of, of creating, creating your future and creating the things that you want in the present moment for the future. Mm, powerful. And, and now I actually want you to talk about your book because, you know, I think your book is about how they can have it all, how they can tap into it, how they can create their dreams. And so talk to me about the book. Yeah, the book and yeah, all this stuff we're talking about is, is, is right circling around what the book talks about. The, yeah. the idea for the book is that we, uh, we all have this voice of our dreams that calls to us. All of us do, but it could be hard to hear and hard to follow when the voices of limitation are shouting so much louder. So it's a lot about these limiting voices. It's a lot of what I call new dreamer principles on how to turn down the volume of those limiting voices and turn up the volume of success in our lives. So it's it's a way to me. It's like a manual of, of how to have it all, and it kind of it's the book has this arc. It kind of system systematically walks you through in these five sections of what to what to think about and do first and inquiry and then kind of walks you through to the end of of how to how to really take your dreams out of the future take them out of this oh I want and I'm longing for and I'm hoping for because uh, a lot of that could be uh, a lot of that could be really victimy so take it out of the future because the future doesn't exist and put it in the present moment which is the only thing that does exist and and turn it into a project that I could work on for three minutes today, five minutes today, 10 minutes today, and then become a project manager, not a hoper and a dreamer, what I call an old dreamer versus a new dreamer. A new dreamer is a project manager. An old dreamer says, oh, I wish upon a star. So a lot of it is really practical um, steps and principles on how to make your dreams literally come true. And, and then all the limiting voices and all the roadblocks along the way, how to deal with those so you can stay on the path. I talk about in the book, I believe that staying on the path is how we become successful. You know, day by day, you know, minute by minute is success staying on the path, but our limiting voices keep derailing us, derailing us, derailing us. So this is like how to stay on the path. And then we just look back and be like, oh, wow, I accomplished all those things. And then even more because I stayed on the path. I love how you you have this these projects in the book and you break things down into projects and for me like that really grounds it because some of this stuff you know that whatever you want to call it self help transformation personal development some of this junk is so high up in the clouds that like I have a hard freaking time wrapping my mind around it but I can wrap my mind around a project about three minutes a day five minutes a day around simple habits so I appreciate that you've done that with the book. Yeah, every every measurable success I've had in my life is because I turned to the 
dream into a project. I mean, this book itself is a primary example. I just said, I don't know how to write a book. I, I can't write a book. But what I can do is I could write two pages a day, five days a week. And that's what I did. And so yeah. I just decided. And then eventually I turned around and I had a manuscript. And so, yeah, so it's just small little increments of getting a, getting a system that works. And then, and then oh, okay, well, I want this thing to be an Amazon. Well, I want it to be a New York Times bestseller, which I'm not quite there yet, but I want it to be an Amazon bestseller. How is that going to happen? I pulled together a launch team of five people and we started unfolding the strategy and it became an Amazon bestseller. And then we started, okay, I want to get into Barnes and Noble. Now it's in a bunch of Barnes and Noble. It's just like these steps. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not a dream. It's not like, oh, I hope this happens. It's like, there's a way to make anything happen. If we get stuck in the how, that really, to me, really says that we haven't cranked up the want to enough. We can always figure out how if we're committed enough to it and if we intend to make it come to pass. So you mentioned a couple of places people can go to grab it, but uh, where can people get this book from? And again, the, the title of the book is The Voice of Your Dreams. Where can they get it from? Yeah, if you go to thevoiceofyourdreams.com, um, there I actually have like Amazon, it's on Amazon, of course, there, if you go there and put your email in and there's a video that can tell you more about the book and what to expect and stuff. But if you put your email in there, I'll, I'll send you a 30% off coupon to get it at Amazon as well. And of course, if you live in LA, they're, they're at Barnes and Nobles all over LA and we're working on the rest of the world <laughs> country, at least. Very cool. So I'll put links to uh, that site and the show notes for this episode. And for folks who want to learn more about you get in touch with you, maybe they want to reach out in some way or just, you know, get to know you a bit more. How can they do that? Yeah, my my handle was just at Aaron Anastasi, and you can find that uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then I, The Voice of Your Dreams actually has its own Facebook page too. Um, and I, I always do a lot of content surrounding the book, like little, you know, motivational posts and, you know, a lot of free content that people seem to like, so you can check that out. Very cool, very cool. And um, as we come to a close here, you know, I want to give you an opportunity to, to leave myself and the listeners with just one major takeaway, something that they can walk away from this conversation, from your story, from your work, um, something they can implement into their own lives. So what would your one big takeaway be? Well, the kind of the mantra for my life recently has been uh, believe in your bigness. There's more in you than you realize. This is, you know, maybe just for me because I've I've struggled with, you know, a lot of my life of of believing in myself. But believe in your bigness. There's so much more in you than you realize. And and when we begin to understand that there's so much more in us than we realize, that that we are capable of so much more than our mind tells us. When we begin to function as if that were true then all kinds of opportunity and possibility opens up for us and a new world opens up for us that we can step into because we live into the future that we see coming toward us. Not the future that comes from the past, not the future that that we hope and want, but when we create a future and what we believe about ourselves in that future, we live into that future and infinite. It, there become infinite possibilities. Mm. I love it, man. Believe in your bigness. That's a powerful takeaway. So Aaron, last question, man, I have to ask, do you have it all? I do. I do. And here's, I don't have, I'm very, I'm, I, here's how I explain it to people. I am, I am, uh, ambitiously content. 
So I'm content in the moment because I understand that contentment really does come from from me. Contentment comes from every every morning when I wake up and going over my gratitude list and understanding what's more true about me. I'm 100% content and unbelievably blessed. So I do absolutely have it all. Also, I love the feeling of being alive and going after something every day. So that's where the ambitious part comes in. Mm. Man, Aaron, thank you. Thank you, man. I, I can't uh, express my gratitude enough for, for you coming on the show, uh, making it happen. We had a scheduling thing before. Um, everyone listening, I had, a, I had a root canal and Aaron graciously rescheduled because it was on the same day as my root canal. And you made it out here. And um, dude, this was a powerful conversation. Uh, I appreciate your transparency. I appreciate your insights and everything. So thank you so much, Aaron. Oh, Matthew, honestly, the, the pleasure was mine. Seriously. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, we are one of the esteemed shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you need to do is visit firesidenetwork.com and under shows, select Having It All. From there, you can access all the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests, and more. Second, I am very excited to announce that my brand new website is live. Visit MatthewBivens.com and you can learn more about me, get plugged into an accountability group, and pick up some free content like the Abundance Benchmark. I am all about helping you not only identify what your ideal life looks like, but also helping you on your journey towards it. I want you to experience more abundance and love in your life. So, again, you can find out more information about all of that great stuff at MatthewBivens.com. Thank you once more for listening to the show. And here is to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.